not a lot to talk about really is there no there's not a lot to say there's, there's hardly anything to say about this to Izzy and Gina in Stitches, informal conversation about life in general and art and embroidery in particular with me, Izzy Moore. And me, Gina Ferrari. How are you, Izzy? What have you been up to since we last spoke? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, uh, I've had a good night's sleep, so I'm feeling quite perky. <laughs> Not like me then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it in turns. It'll probably yeah. be me next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so feeling quite perky, feeling quite energised, also energised by the fact that my mother's coming to stay at the weekend, so I'm going to have to get some serious cleaning done. <laughs> Not that she'll really care, but no. um, but I do. Um, yeah, so I've been occupied by uh, thinking about mother. She uh, seems determined to keep revisiting A&E. Um, yeah, we've both had things with mothers this week, yes. haven't we? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she's okay, uh, but she's okay, and uh, she said quite proudly, really. Oh, I'm a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite a nice thing to be. I think. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So we're sort of. She's got a thing going on with her balance at the moment, but she's had um, an MRI and she's had a CT scan. She's had all all the things. She's had physio things and. They can't find anything wrong with her. And um, so she said, oh, I had quite a good sort of checkup. I thought, well, yes, but, you know, it's a bit of a dramatic way to, to get an MOT, isn't it? That's funny. It was when I fell with Hector. Oh, gosh, was that beginning of lockdown? Someone, I don't know, whenever it was, and I got taken into A&E. I yeah. had a complete overhaul. Yes. <laughs> and it was brilliant. <laughs> scan of my head and all exactly of blood pressure and ECG yeah. And yeah yeah so she said you know she ended up on the cardiac ward just because that's the only bed they had but she said yeah my heart's fine my brain's fine you know yeah yeah all is good <laughs> but we're just keeping an eye on her um sure. yeah making sure she doesn't do anything silly so she's coming to stay uh so that's occupying me but other than that I have done a bit of stitch I've been getting my postcards ready for the next one of many yeah. uh, thing, which is coming up. Posting date is the 14th of February, but I sort of need to post mine before that. So they arrive yeah. around about the 14th of February. And then another deadline, I've been getting things ready for Ramster, which is sure. an embroidery exhibition that happens in Surrey. Um, used to happen wasn't every year it's every other year right. obviously it hasn't happened for a few years and the deadline for submissions is day after tomorrow <laughs> oh wow <laughs> need to get your act together then yeah I've only known since about August but there we go um so <laughs> oh dear dear have you learned anything with us chatting well well <laughs> you say that <laughs> usually now this is my guilt little secret because you yeah. have to put a, you have to do your entry and you have to give the title, the dimensions and the materials because they print all the labels. OK, so you have to do your form, pay your money. And then about a month later, you go and take your stuff and then they hang. Sure. And it's a sort of selective ish, but they 
usually end up putting everything up. You can submit up to three things. And what I've done when I've done it before, it has been horrendous. I have thought, what do I want to make? Oh, I know, I'm going to do this. And I have written the title um, because I've had a vague idea. And then I've done my, oh, what am I going to use? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to use some bees. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) And I think I'm going to use this. And so I write down the materials, title materials. (laughs) I think I was going to be about this big. (laughs) And then I send my form. And then I think that's outrageous. Then I think, oh God, I better make that now. <laughs> this time I've got two in a frame already. Brilliant. One has got the string is ready to go. Oh, impressive. Uh the other one just yeah, the other one just needs D-rings and the string. And the third one, I've got the frame and I've done the background, but I just need to finish the stitch. Oh well, that's good. So yeah i'm ahead (laughs) so um and also it is earlier this year because they changed the dates which has just confused me because it's like a week early it was going to be so i think making it all up there is going to be something like the end of february the end of this month which is crazy that's not long no (laughs) focusing the mind anyway how about you yeah um how about me (laughs) What have you been up to? I'm I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and stressed at the moment, which is not like me at all, but and not sleeping so well, but that's just because so much is going on. I just don't know where January's gone, actually. It started out, and I completely forgot to mention this last time, that I'm organising an art trail in the village. People put up art, windows, gardens, and then you can go out for a walk and see it all, which has been lovely. But it's always a lot more work than I ever anticipated because the time I contact the press, do posters, we're doing it as a fundraiser this year. So there was all that to organise. And then, of course, everybody comes and asks me their little niggly questions about I'm not sure how I'm going to hang this. And, oh, I can't get my work up until the end of the week. And, oh, can you give me some posters? And it's like, no, I've done with that. That would be fine. But then. I've also decorated our ensuite bathroom, which was fine. That was planned. But then we had some furniture delivered two months earlier than it was due. Yes. I wanted to get that room decorated. So I decorated that and made new curtains. Yes, I saw that. Big, full length, three meter wide window. Yeah, no, huge ones. It's amazing what we can do when we do have a deadline, isn't it? Yeah. And then on top of all that, my 87-year-old mother decided she wanted to move I mean this has been on and off for the past couple of years but no she decides she wants to move again so it just so happens the place where she wants to go a flat came up we went to look at it she liked it we put in an offer it was accepted so of course her place has to go on the market yeah and it's relatively tidy but she did have her little spare room was floor to ceiling with plastic boxes full Uh of stuff so I spent all day on Saturday moving stuff getting rid of some but not a lot the idea wasn't to sort out it was just to make this look like a bedroom again so that when yeah, they photograph sure. it yeah so my hallway has now got about 10 empty plastic boxes <laughs> <laughs> and then so I've been over there to meet the agent and then we've got to, I've got to go again tomorrow to meet the photographer there and yeah you know, basically now I mean it's a lot of stuff I mean all the things isn't it yeah yeah it is and mum you know, she keeps saying, oh, well, I've moved before. I'll be fine. But she forgets she's not mobile. She can't see so well. She gets yeah. very tired. So basically, she's not really going to be able to do it 
so that's me moving house really <laughs> yeah yeah and I think it, I've just kind of reached tipping point but there we are. <laughs> however I'm still yes. inspired to get out in my studio because she has given me lots of lovely paints and things and brilliant do you know I've actually been stitching a piece which oh I can't remember the last time I stitched a bit of artwork so that's something yeah yeah, it's because I'm taking on this new class after Easter and I'm right. kind of basing it on my inspired by and I never did follow through with my Matisse work. So it's a okay. bit of a Matisse wall hanging, if it That's works. That's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm busy and tired, but so I might not make a lot of sense today. <laughs> Get your excuses in early. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you think, what on earth is she on about? That's why. <laughs> But that might also be linked to our topic, which is slightly unusual-ish. It is, yeah. Suggested by one of our listeners, so a little shout out to Hilary, who I think is known on social media as Intrinsic Stitches. She is. And she asked us, what sort of stuff have we ever stitched? Yeah, she had been stitching on old envelopes. Yes. And she said, am I the only one who collects old envelopes and uh, things like that to stitch on? And I think the resounding answer was, no, you're not the only one. Especially from us two, yeah. yeah. We both said, no, no, envelopes, that's that's ordinary. Yeah, <laughs> basic. Um, yeah. yeah, so then we thought, actually, this would make a really fun episode talking about all the strange uh, things that we have stitched on yeah shall we start off I did make a little list but it was kind of yeah, yeah. I've made a little list it's sort of time-based going back to some of the first unusual things I stitched and probably similar to you well I don't I don't know I wouldn't like to say but for me stitching on anything other than fabric came about from City and Gills absolutely yeah yeah me too I don't think any of my unusual stuff predated that I can't think I, I mean it's so long ago I can't really remember but yeah City and Guild started it off didn't it really yeah. yeah and I think I mean just going down the first unusual thing to stitch for me was metals ah see I put metal first but then actually before that I remembered something else this morning so I've put that at the top of the list so my one at the top of the list before I stitch on metal is just threads I'm pretty sure yeah I think you're right yeah I I'm gonna have to dig out I I almost got cupboards pulled out and stuff to try and find the sample I think we wrapped threads around a wire frame and stitched over that. stitched over them and so they kind of pulled together almost like making connected yeah cords, like a, yes. sort of like a cobweb and I think that was a level two city and guilds and that wasn't using water soluble it was no, just it was quite early on yeah, yeah quite early on it's just the wireframe wrapped with an assortment of threads and then stitching over that do you know and it made a really nice sample I've probably still got that sample somewhere yeah I've got mine but like I say I can't find it but then we layered it with fabrics behind it and things like that as well yes yes Yes. yeah that was that was fun and then of course if you're doing making braids and cords you're just stitching over threads as well aren't you and that was quite an early actually yeah uh yeah cords making cords and braids that was level one that was the beginner's course actually making pretty sure making braids was very early on of course yeah 
yeah so just mm-hmm. using threads and no fabric at all that was mind blown doing that and then i'm taking that one step further now because it's just suddenly okay stitching over space nothing <laughs> yes yeah stitching over nothing and i love that it's like a party yeah. trick isn't it it is who knew you could do it you make incredible fringes or those little flowers if you do it in a circle yes remember little yeah. thread daisies yeah you stretch yes. um so shall we talk as we go through these should we how talk we about do how it how you do it yeah so with the yeah. thread daisies you get your piece of calico this is how i do it a uh, yep. piece of calico stretched in a hoop tight and then i stitch a circle free motion a couple of times round with tiny stitches and then cut out the circle do you i don't bother with stitching around it i just cut out a circle do you just cut out i just, I just cut, out, cut out a hole <laughs> okay well i stitch round and then i cut out the inside yeah. so do the circle or not according to your yes. whim and then once you've got your circle and your fabric stretched really tight the key is to have it really sure. tight in a hoop then you just anchor your stitches and you take a deep breath and you just stitch across the space to the other side right across the middle don't you like the diameter until the yeah. needle hits the other side yeah right across the middle and you do like a sort of um like spokes of a wheel yeah really and That's just a sort good of way keep, of describing it actually yeah, yeah. And just keep going backwards and forwards and uh build up this sort of mass of spokes and then you can cut it out you do get to a point where you can't go over the middle anymore it gets a yeah. bit thick and, yeah it gets and a bit hard when you know you've done <laughs> and then you cut it out yes yeah and you can also use a uh, thick thread in the bobbin as well and make uh yeah slightly more chunky ones one. yeah yeah so there we are stitching over space that, that wasn't even on my list it just suddenly popped into my head, into your and head you can yeah. actually do it just off the edge of a piece of fabric stitch down stitch back again and make a fringe can't you exactly well. and i was trying to think how we did that that involved a bit of coordination so we had a strip of fabric framed so it's taught i think yeah framed so it was taught depends because if you do yeah oh, i can't remember and then you basically hold it tight and stitch push that away from you so stitching towards you and then i think you use a finger to hold down that line of stitch and then I remember moving the work back under the needle, putting the needle in, and then let go of that. So you've made like a loop, haven't you? Yeah. And then let, yeah. let go of the end and it goes and twists on itself. Yes. In fact, if you do it with your foot on and teeth up, so you're not free machining. Yes. I don't think you even need to frame, frame it. You just stitch off, off the edge of your fabric, as long double the length you want your fringe, and then lift your foot up, take it back. Yeah. And it twists. It, it takes a bit of coordinating, but yeah, yeah, it works. I'm gonna have to try that now. You know, people are gonna say we want videos of this. <laughs> <laughs> Lordy. Right, I'm gonna have to have a practice of that. What are we setting ourselves up for? <laughs> I don't know. Oh right. Oh. Stitchy over space. Anyway, and then I think which yeah, and and just the threads. So you get your cords, you get your braids, you get your thread daisies, you can get your fringe. Sure. Wow, we've not even started. Okay, what what would you? No, we haven't. No. We're just going to say this wasn't going to be a long episode. I can see this going on and on as we suddenly remember. Oh, yeah. We might have to have a part two. Right. Anyway, <laughs> should we move on to your copper shim? Yeah, but it's not just shim, is it? It's copper, aluminium, brass, pewter. Yeah. 
mesh that yes. goes on and on, doesn't it? All sorts of things for that. And I've also done drinks cans, which give a bit more resistance. But I've not dared do drinks cans. Yeah. When I was doing the degree, I did a whole hanging of putting almost like mosaic of drinks cans. I did use water soluble to hold them in place. Yeah. And then just linked them together. So it was like a shimmery metal curtain. Yeah. Weird. Wow. Just linked by threads. Yeah. So that works quite well. So things like copper and pewter and things, they're actually very soft. Incredibly, yeah. So um, it's actually not a bother to get the needle through. That's not the issue, is it? It never is, I think, with most of these things. People worry that, A, it's going to damage their needle. Well, the worst that happens is it blunts it. And you obviously you don't use the same needle for fine fabrics. And they say, oh, will it hurt the machine? No, the machine doesn't know. The machine has no idea you're trying to stitch silly things, doesn't it? As long as the the needle can actually go through the the thing, the substrate, the whatever, it's fine. So because if you think about it, just stitching, say, a pair of jeans or furnishing fabric is pretty tough stuff. The machines are strong. They are. I mean, these curtains I've just done, there were some bits where I'd, you know, it was thick linen fabric. And yeah. by the time I turned it over and done the hem along the top, I was going through about four or five layers of fabric when you put the heading tape on. Yeah. And so, yeah. Sometimes it grunts a little bit, the machine, you know, but you say, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably with metals, the point. Yes. Often you have to be careful what is obviously the needle goes in. Yeah. And it perforates the metal and it's sharp. Yeah. So that can scratch sole plate, things like that. Sometimes, depending on the thread, it can shred your thread, can't yes. it? So you, yeah, because yeah. what happens as the needle goes through, and actually this is the same with paper as well, yeah. or thicker paper like thin cards. Um, as the needle goes through, it creates this sort of crown effect on the underneath yeah. of the whatever it is. So with metal, you get this crown of, sharp bits and so those yeah so those are the bits that can scratch your machine bed and those are the bits that will shred your thread so the key with things like stitching metal and stuff is to have a stabilizer so a really good one to use uh so things like pelmet violin that's that's quite thick and soft um or felt felt works yeah Yeah. felt and uh, thick water soluble works yeah um yeah you do really need something like that. I wouldn't just stitch into metal without. No, I would always have it. something under. Yeah, something underneath. Yeah. Something uh, soft-ish is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the machine embroiderer who is really um, sort of specialised on this is someone I. She was in the class above me. <laughs> she was always a year ahead of me doing City and Guilds. My class. Was she your was class? That? Anne Parr. Anne. Yeah, Ampar yeah. was, I did all my city and guilds with Ampar right up to diploma. And the work she did for her diploma was all on metals. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely lady. And she was probably the reason why I signed up after the beginner's course to do the next right. one. She came in with her work to show Pam how she'd mounted it, all her samples and things, sure. how she'd mounted it all up. And Pam said, Look, Isabel, come and have a look. And I was, Oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything she did was beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, 
her book is the one to go to, I think, if you want to stitch on metal, isn't it? Exactly. And I did, yeah. this is my funny little story about the copper. I did a workshop with Anne Parr. I invited her down to our Embroiderers Guild to do a workshop. And we hired a village hall and we had this workshop stitching on metals. And it, because the other thing with copper is if you heat it, you get these amazing colours. Yeah. So you can have real fun. So my friend Carol and I, everyone's over there blow torches and what have you trying to heat their copper. Sure. And we and I think my blow torch, it kept sort of cutting out. If it gets too hot, it, it cuts out. Yeah, and you have they to wait. Cut out, you know. Yeah, you have to wait for it to cool down. And we were both getting quite frustrated and sort of went off to make a cup of tea. And in the kitchen, we thought, hang on a minute, that's a gas hob. Oh, yeah. I always did mine on the gas hob. Well, we were in a village hall. So everyone else was in the workshop back in the the meeting room with their heat guns and stuff. Carol and I tootled back in quietly, collected our bits of copper, tootled back into the kitchen, (laughs) fired up the old gas hob, and we were having a high old time. And people said, how did you get such amazing colours? You do have to mind your fingers, though. (laughs) Yes, you do. So I like to use, I've got some toaster tongs, so wooden tongs. Um, Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and it does. So I'm trying to think. I can't think of any other types of metals. It's... Well, obviously, tomato puree tubes are the go-to one when you're starting out, aren't they? Yes. They, they yes. work brilliantly. Yes. Again, because they're aluminium, I guess. I think so. I Co- mean, I... They're coated. So. They're coated. They've sort of got a coppery colour on the inside. So, obviously, you have to, yeah. you know, cut them up and give them a rinse. Um and the other thing to watch, you don't want, yeah, you don't want to be stitching through tomato puree. That's not a good idea. <laughs> That's a stupid thing to say, isn't it? Oh, just give it a wash. Of course you're going to wash. <laughs> when you're washing it, just what I was going to say was watch the edges. It's the same with all these metals. When you've yeah. cut them, just watch the edges. So you can, with the thin copper shims, you can fold over the edge and that just creates a soft edge. Yeah, they are sharp so yes yeah so what's next on your list i put plastic in all its different forms yep because there's so many different plastic things yeah plastic based stuff i mean my big one was my dress made of plastic carrier bags yes of course yeah easy enough to stitch it's just like stitching thin fabric yeah tears very easily you have to be careful yeah once you've perforated it it tears but yeah plastic bags are great to stitch yeah and so Mm. we don't actually have that many these days do we no we don't one of the first things I did it was when again when I was doing city and guilds I did half of the level two and then I was pregnant so you know I had my baby halfway through so then I spent the next year just using things from books trying to follow the syllabus myself before I carried on again and so one of the things I tried from a book, trying to think who it was, is it Gwen? It was Surfaces. Gwen Headley. Gwen Headley um, Surfaces thinking. for Stitch. Yes. Yeah. And she had a thing about melting plastic bags together. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, so I think I tried some of her samples from that book. So I fused. Yeah, she was the lady who did Tyvek, I think, initially as well. Yes. Oh, Tyvek. Forgot to say Tyvek. So things yeah. like security envelopes. Sometimes if you get them, I don't get that sort of envelope, really. Not Tyvek. anymore, but I have got some samples. Yeah. I mean, I guess Tyvek is a type of a plastic 
yes derivative isn't it it's one of those things but yeah yeah I hate Tyvek with a I passion don't. I don't like it. I've tried, you know, painting it. I've made the beads, the sort of bubbly, distressed yeah. beads. And... We've all done it because we had to do it. And I mean, it's somebody said that in my recent course on the landscapes. That, oh, it was nice to find a way to use Tyvek. And I thought, yeah, I pretty much devised that course so I could find a way yeah. to use up Tyvek. <laughs> use up your Tyvek. I, I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm quite happy never to do it again, never to stitch on yeah. it. There was a time I remember our neighbours were having an extension built sort of well people just down the road um you can see their house from our house and it was when the roof was going on I was watching these people out the window I thought hang on a minute that roof says Tyvek all over yes it. oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they've got any off cuts <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah you can usually pick it up here. I mean they use it for museum conservation as well for bags yeah. for putting textiles in yeah yeah scene of crime suits <laughs> yes yeah, scene of crime suits and 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 also decorators yes. outfits you know from the diy shop um you can get these sort of all-in-one overall things made yeah. of thin tyvek and oh someone i think she was in my nct group a mum so this so this says how long ago it was she said, oh, our Halloween costumes, we all dressed up as snowmen. Oh, so we, we all had these Tyvek suits, suits from B&Q. <laughs> Would you like them? So, oh, yes, please. So then, of course, they were stuffed in a drawer for however long. Yeah. For me, you never use that use. much Tyvek, do you? No, I don't like it. So. <laughs> for someone who didn't like it, I mean, there was, I must have been at the height of my teaching and using it. Goodness knows why I use so much. I must have been teaching a class with it. Yeah. I used to buy it by the roll. Oh, my goodness. So, no. you know, 21 metres at a time. And <gasps> then I'd cut it up into pieces. And I sometimes I would paint it, and make mm -hmm. packs of it. I've sold so many packs of that Yeah, in classes for things. But, yeah, crazy. I won't be stitching that again. <laughs> I used quite a lot of plastic when I was doing my diploma because I discovered laminating. Right. And so I think one of the samples we had to do for one of the things was to lab. We did a piece of stitch on water soluble. So it was on really fine fabric. I think it was on muslin or something. When it was all washed and dried, we then laminated it. Yeah. And then you can stitch on the laminated sheet because, again, your machine doesn't know it's nice and soft, blah, blah, blah. And I then went on to do a big diploma piece, all made out of laminated braids flat braids and oh what else did I laminate and I think I just laminated lots of threads and braids and then you sit out in the garden with your I haven't got one of those um, respirator masks so I had to right. always use a bandana and a stiff breeze sit in the garden with your poker pen and uh, should, you can... should we give a warning on this this podcast <laughs> don't try this at home yeah people. it should definitely be a health and safety warning actually because yeah. that's the thing with plastic it's the fumes yeah um so yeah out in the garden with a poker pen plugged into an extension leak melting holes in the stuff because it melts so easily yes it and does. it is actually quite nice you can just sit there and just sort of poke holes boop, 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 boop. and then with all those holes you can then do some hand embroidery. So I laced all these strips of plastic stuff together with some hand embroidery yeah. stitches 
and made this, uh, I think that was my meter long hanging. And I also added some copper over the top as well. Sure. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it probably looked fantastic. And I mean, I've done stuff with it that at the time I was happy with. But as a rule, I don't like plastics. No, I don't. The best, the, the best thing I, I did with the laminator sheets is when one day I said to myself, huh, you know, they come in like a two part thing. You open it up, put whatever it yes. is in and then close it. I suddenly thought to myself, I wonder if I could paint that. Right. So I used some acrylic paint, painted the inside with just, you know, not too thick. You don't want it too sure. thick. Let it dry and then laminated just the sheet by itself. Okay. So I ended up with this plastic sheet of the color. color. Yeah. yeah. And then melt all the holes, blah, 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 and then stitch all right. over that. So a combination of hand. Oh, and that's quite an interesting stitch. way of doing it. Yeah. So it was like, oh, here's the thing. Now what? <laughs> yeah, I probably haven't explored. I mean, I've done I've bubble wrap is another one. I've oh done. yeah. Oh, I think I stitched on bubble wrap. Ironed it. So you've got the circles and made sequins and that type of thing from it. Have you Which... opened the back of your bubble wrap and stuffed things in and then stitched around? No. That sounds think... like a faff. <laughs> it is a bit of a faff. That might have been another one from the Gwen Headley book. Yeah. And actually with the plastic that I did a sample with some laminated and copper things linked to the next one on my list balsa wood yeah i've got balsa wood <laughs> that was definitely a city and guilds diploma wasn't it balsa wood how ridiculous i've still got my sample of that <laughs> yeah i have i quite like it it's just little strips of flat balsa wood had to go to the model railway shop <laughs> to get yep. it to buy it and then yeah. you stitch into it stitch can it. split it if you're not careful can't it you need yeah. quite a fine needle and you can poke uh poke a pen through it as well make little yeah. charred holes it's interesting yeah yeah it's like yeah. oh stitch through wood who knew yeah i might i might dig out my sample of that i <laughs> think i fun. had some cocktail sticks in there as well i wrapped some cocktail sticks. wrapping them yes yeah with stitch yeah and did time. you wrap spaghetti as well pam did that for one of her samples so we all when she he was obsessed with spaghetti i know so i thought well i can do that so i came home and wrapped spaghetti on the so yeah i've stitched spaghetti the needle doesn't actually go through the spaghetti i might and it's uncooked uncooked yeah (laughs) (laughs) just before we get questions on that one yeah so it's just like wrapping a stick or a cord or anything else yeah yeah it's just like wrapping a stick with your sewing machine she says (laughs) see i bet hillary's never stitched spaghetti there you go yeah beat that hillary (laughs) yeah didn't expect that one did you (laughs) oh dear oh crazy 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 right and also i think that's one when i was in my laminate balsa wood copper phase i think i was also volunteering at a charity shop and one of my jobs was putting labels on clothes with one of those little tag guns Right. I was looking at that going, hello, these are little <laughs> plastic doobries which can connect two things. Please right. can I borrow the tag gun and take it home <laughs> overnight? <laughs> so then I, I tagged bits of my samples together and then I stitched over the tag. So I stitched over shop tags. Yeah. So it's all sort of plastic. Yeah. Yes. No, I think my, my bag dress is probably the biggest thing. I've, and that was made from sainsbury's carrier bags other supermarkets Mm -hmm. are available um (laughs) 
but <laughs> I think that was a competition actually that was going on. So it was um, we were actually given a load of Sainsbury's carrier bags, which last I didn't use them all, so they lasted forever. Whenever I needed a carrier bag, yeah, <laughs> this stash. <laughs> but that was made like one of these Christmas decorations that opens out. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, honeycomb sort of stitching. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. really clever. It's I mean, obviously it took a lot of working out. Yeah, and I yeah. did it. Funnily enough, oh no, this is another type of plastic, the material they make kites from. Oh, right. Okay. I did a big project where I made big banners for an organic gardening scheme. So we made these big, not very organic banners from kite plastic, kite material. But that stitches quite well. So I did lots of samples of the honeycomb by trying to find the kite material you know sew the kite material yeah. until I worked out how because you have to do it in a specific order especially to do enough to make a skirt so yeah yeah but that was wow. that was fun and that was just yeah. ordinary stitching it wasn't anything but it's the mental related. challenge yeah I quite yeah. I did quite enjoy that yes yeah yeah um next on my list I've got latex which led to one of my quirky little samples. Oh, God, yeah, I remember. Did you do latex things? Oh, yeah, did do latex, hated yeah. it. Yeah. I wasn't keen. Pam was, she got really over-enthusiastic about one of my samples because I, it was when I was cooking tea, so we were, we did latex in class. You know, Miss and Abby came home. Sure. And a few days later, I was cooking dinner, and it was a Savoy cabbage. And I looked at the texture and I thought, hello. Um, so I got one of the outside leaves, one of the discarded leaves, got my little pot of latex paint. Was it latex or just latex rubber? It was liquid, just rubber. It was just like, liquid yeah. rubber stuff. We could dip things in it because I dipped leaves and yeah, exactly. plants in it. Yeah. yeah, so I dipped or painted it onto this Savoy cabbage leaf and then you let it set and then you peel it off and you have an imprint of a savoy cabbage leaf in a piece of rubber which <laughs> is just like now what so I, exactly. I think I, I stitched it to something anyway but and it wasn't particularly wonderful piece of embroidery particularly wonderful sample but Pam liked the story and she embellished it and she turned it into me doing this halfway through cooking Christmas dinner <laughs> which wasn't actually how it happened but she really no, but it's a good story <laughs> yeah it tickled her so I have made uh, latex molds of savoy cabbage leaves and I've stitched on them but that the stitching on the rubber that then led directly to one of my the thing I, I think is probably one of my quirkiest things which I've still got is my rubber gloves all right yeah yeah I was looking because you know think, oh, rubber oh rubber gloves and I looked at my yellow rubber gloves and I thought, I wonder if they will fit, you know, thinking, how could I stitch? And I thought, I wonder if they yeah. could fit over the free arm of my sewing machine. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I can't remember, I must have put some sort of papery stabiliser inside so that, because otherwise the rubber would just sort of, you know, just stick Yeah, it just catches your... and won't move, will it? Yeah. yeah. And it was a bit awkward because obviously it's a glove, so you can't move it around, but you can sure. move it backwards and forwards enough. So I, I stitched uh, on my rubber gloves. So Lovely. that's probably my weirdest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll give you that one. I've never done that. 
<laughs> I mean, it just did remind me, though, you talking about the latex leaves. I think we've mm. both probably stitched on leaves and petals you, and things like that. You say we? that. I don't I think I've stitched on hydrangea petals. Right. Because that was a Pam thing. That was yeah. a Pam thing. Again, oh, that woman, she's responsible for a lot. But well, it's led on to sort of hoarding hydrangea petals sure. for years. No, I never did that. <laughs> But no, I, I don't think but, I've stitched on leaves as such. Right, not, not ivy leaves. Just the leaves, no. Yeah, used to paint them. I mean, obviously stabilised again. But yeah, I use them a lot for book covers and decorative things. I used to teach a class on that, yeah. A line, actually. I've laminated dried leaves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, effectively, if you laminate them between fabrics and things like that, it's yes. the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. And Which actually, what I that, used to do yeah. between sheer fabrics. That then leads on to my next one because I would press leaves, um, laminate them, cut them out. And then what I did, I'd made them into bookmarks. So I would put a thick thread through the bottom of it, a length of thick thread and sort of double it up. And then I would stitch over that thread as if making a cord. Right. Work my way towards the leaf and then stitch on the leaf and then back down the cord and then make a little tassely bottom. Tassel thing. Yeah. yeah. So I made these laminated leaves into bookmarks with the cord because once you can make a cord, you can stitch over wire, which is the next on my list, stitching over sure. wire. And yeah. then once you've stitched over wire, you can then shape it into lots of different. So that was another thing I did. I made this leaf. 3d thing made up of leaves curled round um what was it it was a sort yeah. of bowl <laughs> i put a light i made another sort of mini one to go inside of this little cluster of leaves and i put a little led light in it yeah i, I did a big project on wrapped wire stitching on yeah. wire which i then knitted yeah and then wrapped around little bits of perspex uh-huh and then mounted it all onto a larger piece of perspex. So it wow. all looked like it was suspended in air. That Gosh. was one of my big projects. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness knows where that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Probably still got it, maybe. Yeah. But that, yeah, that was quite an interesting one. Oh, I've just had a thought, which we'll get to Careful. at the end of all this. <laughs> No, no, no. So wire, actually, let's just talk about wire very quickly, stitching on wire. So the thing with stitching on wire is, again, your machine doesn't know. It's just like stitching a cord. You can do it. I would do it free motion so you can move backwards yeah. and forwards easily. And the key is to keep it taut. Yes, to keep it under tension. Yeah, yeah. it's when you wobble, it's when the needle hits it. If you do, with somewhat depends how thick the wire, what you don't want is it getting wrapped around the internals of your machine. Yeah. So you it's just it, about holding it. So about holding it, not taut. dragging it or pulling it, but just holding it taut. Yeah. And then, of course, beaded wire gives you another. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can. And again, I did a, a very large, long piece based on this concept. You can thread things onto thread or wire things like beads and then stitch over like you're doing a cord and then when you get to where there's a bead you just hop over it she <laughs> says We're keeping your fingers out of the way and make sure your presser foot 
doesn't because even the free motion foot it does go up and down make sure it doesn't smash on top of the bead because then you break the bead and the needle sometimes hits it and you can break the bead as well so that's again why you need it under tension yeah and the problem always with stitching any of these things with the needle it's not the thing itself it's when you hit something hard so that could be stitching over a beaded wire it's when you hit a bead and the other thing yeah yeah, the other thing when a needle is going to break is when it's being bent and then it hits the uh the edge of your needle plate rather than going straight up and down yeah i have to say that if i'm stitching beads onto wire or thread i do it without my foot yeah i do with a bare needle which I know scares some people and you really have to watch your fingers. You do. And you have to remember to lower the presser foot lever. Lower the presser foot. And the only other thing, because I do that, but sometimes on the bits in between the beads, I put the foot back on and with a Benini, you can just sort of flip it on and off. Because sometimes I find my machine, even with the presser foot lever down, it doesn't form the stitch as well really and i've no i well previous machine to be fair i don't think i've tried it on this newer machine which might get upset if it didn't have a foot but actually why would it no i think the embroidery foot it doesn't have a sensor so i could fool it pretend so i I haven't tried it with this machine but yeah i've had problems with the stitch as it crosses over with the zigzag stitch as it crosses over it doesn't actually link even with the foot down so I've, I've not had that problem yeah. might be to do with the threads themselves who knows I'm it's a case with sure. any of these things for anybody listening you experiment and you find out what works don't you exactly and yeah yeah bearing in mind that most of the time you're not going to do any damage as long as you go carefully and yeah slowly. It, it's hitting it's hitting hard things like beads or the other sort of wire i've stitched I've stitched over very thin bangles and also lampshade rings. So cool. this piece I made with all these threaded beads, they were all uh, attached to this lampshade ring, a small lampshade ring. And I went zigzag, zigzag, zigzag all the way around the ring. When I got to one of these threads with the beads, I then went down the thread all over the beads, all the way up to the beginning again, and then over the lampshade ring to the next one. And so that took a lot of concentration going over the, because it's a thicker bit of wire. I needed my widest zigzag and um, I did break a few needles because you just wobble ever so slightly and bang. Yeah. So you should really either have glasses on or safety goggles. Safety goggles. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want a bit of a bead, glass bead hitting your eye. Yeah. It's always alarming, isn't it? When you break a needle it's horrible and you think oh my goodness you know where's it gone but a lot of the time I find the tip itself is still attached to the thread yeah it's hanging on the thread yeah so if you do break a needle it's not the end of the world just make sure you can find an account for all the bits yes yeah you don't want them ending up in your race no. and getting lost no. do you And so my lampshade ring and my wire, that then also led on to stitching my fish thing, which everyone has seen, which also incorporated things like ring pulls and washers. Oh, I'd forgotten I'd stitch ring pulls and washers. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 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 there you go. 
See, well, it kind of comes under metals, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Other sorts of metals and beads as well. And learning how to stitch beaded tassels using thick threads and things using water soluble. That was just a lovely thing to do. Just stitching beads with the machine. Yeah, it was. That was one of the nicest thing to do on the diploma, I think, making those beautiful big beaded tassels. Yeah. Yeah. Was fun. I've only got one left. I've only got one left, and I think it's probably a favourite thing for both of us, isn't it? I think it is. That's what I finished with. I want to say what yours is. Paper. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's the most sort of ordinary, but it's my favourite. Which kind of brings us right back to the original suggestion of stitching on envelopes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you like paper so much? I don't know. It's stable, so you don't need to frame it. Yep. That's one of the nice things. It just works so well. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't go mad on it and perforate it. Yes. And then just sort of make a hole. (laughs) Yeah. It it just is a really lovely surface to work on and you can do it on all sorts. I mean, it's all my current work is all stitched on paper, really. Yeah. Yeah. These obviously these postcard things I'm doing. So I, I like it because you can, well, like you, you can add paint. Yeah. And collage, which I love. So all these random bits of paper that I collect. And fabric you can put, because I've yeah. been adding some little bits of fabric collaged onto it as well recently. Yes. And that works really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So all my favourite things. The other day I got this big piece of painted paper I was stitching over. And it was so silly. It's exactly what I don't tell my students. I was stitching over it and my thread, I was using a metallic thread and the right. thread kept breaking. And it was because as the needle goes through, it made this um, sort of rough hole. So I thought, oh, okay, put a fatter needle on, which make which is another fix as well. If your thread keeps breaking, going sure, into yeah. these things. Yeah. Use a fatter needle, a bigger needle, then it just makes a bigger hole. So there's less wear on the thread. So I did that. And it was still breaking. What I would tell the students is, put some stabilizer underneath put something soft underneath because all those rough bits <laughs> of the paper underneath it's shredding your thread did i stop no no of course I not ca- i'm the same <laughs> i carried on for over an hour and every uh, every few minutes thread would break i go oh, oh thread it again cut it off re-thread it carry <laughs> on <laughs> i've done that where i know i just need a new needle i've had yes. the same needle in for ages yes change the material i'm using or i've been stitching on paper and i go onto fabric and think oh blow it why does my thread keep shredding and breaking <laughs> i need a new needle carry on i need a new needle just change the flipping needle gene it'll take you 10 seconds <laughs> i know but you think no i mean i'm in the zone i want to carry yeah, on i just want to carry on stitching i want it to I'm just going to get this bit done <laughs> don't do as we do do as we say yeah so that leads me on to something that just popped into my head when we were talking about all these ridiculous things i think the, the really important thing in all of this other than sort of knowing that yeah you could potentially stitch on all sorts of things yeah why why <laughs> oh no that's too deep <laughs> <laughs> but no, because why? you can because, well, because you can, you can. Yeah, so you, you do, you stitch on your thing, and you go, oh, okay, right, now what? So I think but it's part of experimenting and playing, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. Discovery. Which yeah. is a key thing, because until you play and you experiment, you don't know what you like. 
but I think there is a danger sometimes with all these things, well, with any of this stuff. Yeah. It can become gimmicky and it can become a thing just because you can. Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. you've got to think, okay, well, what are you trying to do? Is it is it the effect you want? Is it doing what you want it to do? Does it look the way you want? Um, what are you trying to gain from using yeah. these things? Does it help in the bigger picture of what you're trying to create? Which I think is why we've both ended up stitching a lot on paper because we've experimented. We found that's what we like. It gives the right surface, the right appearance. Yeah. That's why we both don't like Tyvek because it's not the way we work. There are other people who produce great work with things like Tyvek because Absolutely. they're more into the textures and all that type of thing, which just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So it's about, so I, I think the reason you do it is to discover yeah. exactly the way you like to work and the things you want to do. And that's when you're doing City and Guilds. That's why you try all these things out, don't yes. you? To make samples and see which ones work for you and yeah which ones get it work. all out of your system <laughs> yeah all i need to do now is get it all out of my studio find these <laughs> but something will grab so like Anne Parr with her metals you know, yeah she sure really grabbed onto that and uh, and i i do use them occasionally and i have used them in pieces of work but it wouldn't be my go-to thing at all mm. whereas obviously for Anne, it was and she made lots yeah. of beautiful samples and things from it and produced a lovely book and yeah. yeah so that's it these things work for different people it's about yeah. finding your own thing yeah and for um, me as well the recycled element and sure. sort of serendipity finding a use for these papers which I think oh that's lovely I love a brown paper bag um oh yes yeah <laughs> so, you know I've got a use for them because I like you know with my collages yeah. and things indeed excellent do you think do you think I um, think we've covered that? Yeah, ticks, locks, boxes. Would love to hear from people who've stitched on anything we've not mentioned. That would be really oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, so do get in touch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to just to repeat the warning, please be careful of your machine stitching over all these things, and please be careful if you're going to be going into the the heat tools side of yes. things, melting things and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, indeed. Okay, so diversions and discoveries. Have you got anything? Do you know, I've, I've got this prompt sheet that I have here just to remind me what we're talking about every week. And I've just written nothing. However, because you were hanging your washing out, um, I had to wait a little while. <laughs> and I knew this, so it wasn't like she's kept me waiting for people. I didn't know. I sat here and did my wordle for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I've only just got into this a week ago because I was like, wordle? What is Wordle? It's a word game. If anyone's living in a cave and doesn't know, <laughs> right? You say um, that. I know my daughter is hooked. Yeah, Nick, he's had he's had a go. I haven't gone there yet. I haven't looked. Well, I think why I like it because Stuart went, "Oh, that's dangerous. You'll be hooked. It's a puzzle. You like puzzles." I said, yeah, but it's only one a day. So right. once you've done it for the day, you've done it, and that's it. You've got to wait twenty four hours again for ah, the next one. So quite I quite good. like that. Yeah. And people were sharing them. on. I, do, I shared my first couple on Facebook and then I thought, no, I have no desire to do this every day. That's a pain. But Jacob does it every day. So lunchtime, he usually does his in his lunchtime. So we say, oh, how many did it take you to guess today? So, yeah, I'm feeling very smug today. I did it in three. <laughs> three is, it the, is it the same one for everyone? Yes, I think that's what's the simplicity ah. of it. I mean, if anyone played the board game Mastermind years ago, it's the same sort of things. So right. you get 
you have to guess a five letter word. Um, if you get a correct letter in the wrong place, it flags it up yellow. If you get a correct letter in the right place, it flags it up green and wrong letters are flagged up gray. So, okay. you know, if you choose your first word, it'll tell you what letters you've got. And then, then you get six guesses to get it right. Okay. And everybody who plays it in the world is getting the same word each day, which I think is quite a neat little trick. That is cool, actually. Yeah. So, and that that's kind of appeals to me that you everyone's trying to guess that same word. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's a cool. bit gimmicky, but I quite like a puzzle. And say it took me not two three minutes while I was waiting for you. So it's I don't feel it's really intruding on my time, and it's a bit of light relief sometimes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, excellent. So, so I've discovered Wordle along with thousands of other people. <laughs> Well, tens of millions of tens other of people. millions and thousands, and yeah, I know I was late to the party, but yeah, it's quite addictive. Um, I've just got well, it's sort of one and a half things. Yeah, I can't remember where I heard of it, but there's a newsletter. Just thinking about you trying to declutter your inbox. Yes, um, there's a newsletter that you can sign up to called Painters Keys. I can't okay. remember where I saw it. And basically, it's as uh, a Canadian landscape painter called Robert Jen, okay. who has now died. But when he was alive, obviously, <laughs> um, he started <laughs> this newsletter. It started off as a letter to friends. Okay. And they really liked it. And it sort of grew from there. And when he died his daughter carried it on and every I think it's a couple of times a week but I only seem to notice them once a week they alternate between letters that he wrote previously and letters from his daughter right uh, about art and artistic life and things like that and the reason I mention it is because I can't because I can't remember any of the newsletters in particular. (laughs) (laughs) But the latest one had a link to something and it's a Netflix documentary. And it's about that moment when you know you're called to do something that this is the thing you've got to do. And like a sort of sledgehammer moment, it just sort of hits you over the head and and you go, I've got to do this. And the documentary is called Count Me In. Okay. And it's about drummers. And All right. I just sort of clicked the link and on my iPad, it just took me to my Netflix and just started watching it in the middle of the day. And I thought, oh, actually, this is quite good. And I thought, oh, actually, my husband <laughs> would quite like to watch this. So we watched it that evening. Okay. And it's absolutely brilliant about these people and how they got into drumming so you know the predictable you know when they were very little banging on saucepans and things like that but some people they were older and so that was really interesting about how they came to drumming how they knew that they were a drummer but then also just just the music just the drums themselves it was so inspiring and uh yeah a bit worried about nick he's inspired Oh, to drum. Oh, yes. He said, <laughs> I, I, he says, I know, you know, we've just watched a thing and, you know, it's very tempting to go. Oh, yes. I want, but he says, I think there might be something in this. He said, I, I really. Have you warned your neighbours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably warn the neighbours. But we've got three boys next door 
Okay. Quite loud, boisterous boys. So I think actually, right. if Nick did get a drum, oh, he's not going to get a drum kit. Well, we've not talked about this bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> if he Brilliant. did, they'd probably come knocking. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dear. luckily with all my boys, none of them ever did do drumming. But the youngest was an electric guitarist. Right. And he did used to plug it into his amp if we were out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have come home on occasions to this blaring rock music. But yeah. Oh, but luckily dear. we were detached. <laughs> yes. Actually, one of the harshest things my dad ever did, I had a bass guitar, an electric guitar. And right. very carefully. I, he let me plug it into the speakers with his precious hi-fi oh. until, I, until I bought myself an amp. And then one of the harshest things he ever did as a punishment, I can't remember what I'd done. I'd probably just been five minutes late getting home. He took <laughs> away, he confiscated the lead. Oh, no, how mean. <laughs> yes, how mean is that? Not the thing it's... Anyway... But this thing about knowing when you're an artist, this sort of, this is it. This is what I want to do. I, that sort of leads on to, I think, maybe what we're talking about next time. Yes, I think so. Uh, which sort of links back to what we were talking about last time or one of the previous times about calling yourself an artist. And yeah, what stops us saying I am an artist? Yeah, so we are going to be talking about, shall we say, imposter yeah. syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Because I think it does affect most of us, doesn't it? At some I point think so. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. So are we done? I think, I think so. we're done. Yes. So thank you very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed it, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on Apple or Spotify, we'd love it if you leave us a review it does help others find us and if you're on instagram do share on your stories just let everybody know about us and as usual we will be back in a couple of weeks as we say talking about imposter syndrome but in the meantime you can find us at isabelmore.co.uk and ginaferrari-art.co.uk bye bye just like wrapping a stick with your sewing machine she says <laughs> see i bet hillary's never stitched spaghetti there you go yeah beat that hillary <laughs> yeah didn't expect that one did you <laughs>